Previously on that Cthulhu John. Well, it would seem that Great Detective Thompson went and lost something, and he throws that cassette tape down on your desk. It went missing, but I wouldn't say I lost it. Just trust me. Save yourself from listening to that tape. It gets pretty disturbing. Heather, you kind of groggily awake. It's pretty dark, but there's what you think are flowers blooming from the wall. It raises its wirely reptilian hand. Snake hole! I have a tape that I haven't listened to yet. Uh, I guess let's play it. None's real anymore! You can't hold me! I gotta warn everybody! The snake people are coming! And you hear the Chief Gregor Sambor go, We know that you are dangerous, Lenny. You're one of them there. Thanks for joining us for That Cthulhu John, episode 47. We are a role-play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chuck? No, Pardon Chad. Me. Fuck. I'm eating. <laughs> I'm here. Skip it. Good Skip evening, it. everyone. Let me, let me take look. the whole thing over again. <laughs> I liked it. I think it was perfect. Yeah. Probably I'll just give it Hi. a little, little chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That boom. <laughs> all right. Um, That's I guess we're us. starting. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like a bit of chaos with your sanity. Skip it. Fuck it. That's good. I liked it the way it was. We left off with... Detective Thompson and Walter in Thompson's sweet T-Bird. Mm-hmm. They just listened to a tape on uh, his aftermarket tape deck that was installed in his car. On the tape was Lenny uh, making thrashing sounds and the chief talking to him. And then you heard a hissing sound, a gurgling sound, a thud, and door open and closing. The gurgles what stood out to me. It was very, it's very gurgly. Mm-hmm. Walter stops rocking back and forth. <laughs> he stops the tape if uh, if Detective Thompson doesn't. So it's pretty chilling. You just hear Lenny die on this tape. Yeah, I uh, I thought it'd be something scarier, but it still kind of it hit me. It didn't hit Luke. He don't give a shit. No. But you know, uh, I just, I felt Lenny die inside that part of me. It's all necrotic now. <laughs> <laughs> Your character's uh. part of you. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go get a beer. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess, obviously, I'm not cracking jokes after that moment, you know. Right. Um, when I hit stop. Uh, I think Walter might have cut you off with that. He, was... he stopped that thing right after all that gurgling and stuff. He wasn't trying to listen to no more of that. That was the end? Well, m- almost. I assumed it would have been like white noise or something else, but he wasn't trying to hear nothing else at that point, so we just click. So yeah, I know that must have been hard. Uh, well, I already said that he heard a door open and close. Yeah, so. but he wasn't. That's fast probably enough. when you would hit click. 
he couldn't see the buttons. But yeah, yeah. I found it for him. Yeah. Click. <laughs> That's good. As well, there might be one good thing. Uh, it doesn't sound like he told him anything about you. So, I mean, at least for now, they might not be on to you. Oh, well, man. Um, Poor Lenny. My boss is aware that I've been monitoring Lenny, or at least he was a person of interest in some cases of mine. So he knows uh, at least that I know something or I've spoken to him before, but I hadn't let on that he was going on about snakes or anything. That's definitely a good thing. Uh, I, I wouldn't mention anything to him about any of this stuff. Come to think of it, he did call his boss a snake once. <laughs> hmm. Maybe he was more honest than I thought. That's pretty good. Maybe some of his subconscious did believe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, jot some notes down in a little book about the uh, the tape we listened to and uh, my assumptions that the autopsy might be similar tomorrow, but just to remind me to call them and all. Mm-hmm. Um, I say now, uh, Lenny also, I kind of flipped to another page, I said, but Lenny mentioned before, um, well, he mentioned some professors that uh, might have had access to this flower. Uh, we speculated about their connection to the mob couldn't come up with anything. Um, did I ever do any background research on uh, Brightly? I think he's the only name that yeah. was given to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that yeah, you did, but couldn't find anything weird about him or anything besides him just being a professor. Um, has tenure, you know, has been there for a while. I got nothing to suggest that he was involved in anything illegal. His records clean. What do you know about this? brightly and how might he be connected to this flower and this poison well um i wouldn't say that he's probably clean in all of this i've certainly got my suspicions when i mentioned earlier that the person i would normally have analyzed this plant sample uh can't be trusted he and this other professor brightly uh he being one willis freeman that is the biology uh He's a biochemist, yeah. Yeah, head of the uh, biochem division at the... uh, University of Pennsylvania? That's the one. And I give him some information about both of them. Uh, That's that's leading into my other problem. Who was the other one? Willis Freeman and whom? And Brightly that you asked about? Oh, gotcha. I say, you know... We didn't really have anybody to turn to. It was pretty much just Lenny and Heather and myself. We, uh, we're we not really sure how Brightly ties into this plant, but we think uh, between him and this lady at the Flowers by Yuki in Delaware... Yes, uh... I, I might have messed up. I, I don't know why, what I was thinking, really, but Heather asked to borrow my car earlier, and she drove down to see this this Flowers by Yuki lady... You know, I assumed she would have gotten my car back to me before six, because that's when her shift was supposed to start. Her shift at the fireside we went to earlier, that is. But I never heard anything from her, and um, she had been spending a little time at my place, um, you know, on the couch, because things at her apartment weren't the best, I guess, to put it mildly. But, um, you know, I mean, if she didn't go to work, uh, I mean, we could call my place, but I think she would have gotten in touch with me before just going there. Long story short, 
Uh, I've been pretty worried about Lenny and Heather all day. What time did she borrow your car today? Uh, I mean, it was early afternoon for sure, maybe one. Kind of shrugs. Plenty of time to drive to Delaware and visit a flower store and drive back. Uh, what time is it about? It's after, it's way after eight now, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's past nine. I say, well, uh, there won't be any traffic. Honestly, I'm curious. Let's go find your car. My car? What about Heather? Well, she borrowed your car. If we can find that, it might help us find her. If you have no other leads on her, that's all we got. And then I put my glasses on. <laughs> it's, it seemed all right. It seemed like a good time. He was sounding kind of badass doing his job. At like 9.15 at night. <laughs> they like the yellow ones for seeing clear. You know. All right, all right. That makes sense. <laughs> Driving glasses. Yeah. Um, so I fire up the bird. I mean, if nothing else, I think uh, Detective Thompson's willingness to take this seriously and actually look into it, let alone the immediate part, uh, would actually put Walter at ease a little bit. Apparently we've got a whole lot more to talk about on the way. So on the way to Wilmington, I guess you take in 95. Yeah. R.I.P. There is. (laughs) Southbound Southbound's pretty good, I mean. But as you're taking 95 down, there's a couple accidents there. Traffic's all backed up. Let's go back to what Heather is doing. Turning into a fucking snake. No one's eating you yet. I know. Turning Ophidy, and I think I'm turning Ophidy, and I really think so. <laughs> Keep Heather safe. So, Heather, you kind of start to wake up and drowsy again when you see the room still full with this light blue bioluminescence. You're not sure where it's coming from, but it seems to outline what looks like lotuses to you. I'm still all tied up, tagged and stuff. Yeah, you're still tied up and gagged. But in front of you, in this room, as your eyes adjust, you see a small shrine there. The shrine has a little statue on it that looks kind of like the thing that you had seen before, Heather. The thing that made you pass out originally. The large, weird snake man with with arms, with a third eye in its head, that was kind of difficult to actually look at. Okay. That made you pass out, but when you awaken, you just see this shrine with a statue that kind of looks like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Do I see, like, I can, like, turn my head and stuff, right? Like, I'm yes. just. Do I see mm-hmm. Yuki anywhere down there? Nope. All right, I'm going to try and squirm my way out of these ropes. All right. So you start squirming, and uh, give me a dexterity roll. I'm going to need a hard pass. No, 54. Okay, so you're just trying to struggle in and trying to get these ropes off, but they're tied pretty tight, and you're just in an awkward position where you can't really stand up. Then you hear something from above, a latch or something, and then a creak. And then you hear footsteps descending, and you see a small figure coming down what looks like maybe a ladder or something, and the figure turns to you. And you see it is Yuki. Uh, She is 
you see the blue light reflect off her face. Um, it almost creates a vibrance to her in a weird way. She looks like she could be in her 60s, but tough to tell. She's, of course, very soft voice. And she says to you, Heather, she says, I see you admiring my little shrine. The statue has been passed down for generations. My family has been horticulturists for centuries, taking care of these delicate and delirium-inducing flowers. They hold in them visions of madness, opening windows within the mind that bring in breezes of the dark and unknown from beyond. I am one of a sadly dwindling number of those in service to the great god Yig and the original race of this planet, the Ophidians. Oh, snap. She turns to you and she gets down on her knees in front of you. And she says, from what you have told me, little one, you and your friends have encountered them, despite the fact that they are supposed to be laying dormant. But the ones you have come in contact with are heralds of the new age. Seven of them who have been awake for a hundred years and have found positions of power to aid them in their quest to awaken the others. This is the year the music of the spheres will play humanity's death march when the Aquarian meter shower comes. Damn. And she stands up. That was a helpful chunk of information i like that hmm. not that i know but like now i know that's pretty cool holy shit cultist mm-hmm. 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 not an ophidian not an ophidian it turns out but after she says her little monologue to you she says i know your friends will probably wonder where you were gone this is the last place you've told them that you were so i took the liberty of taking the keys and you'll find you don't have anything else on you right now i took your car and i ditched it in an underpass i don't think they'll be finding it here and uh she says to you well my little one i'm scared of her but i love all the nicknames she keeps calling me do i want to become a cultist maybe i don't know (laughs) maybe i'll just join her crew yeah She's part of a dying breed. You learn how to take care of the last of the flowers. So she says, I don't know who's going to come for you. It'll either be Marduk or Higfrit for sure. But they're going to consume you, my dear. <gasps> George. <laughs> Marduk or Sigfrit? And you will find yourself in so much pain, for you have to be somewhat alive at least. I'm just shaking with the thing in my mouth, like, please, no, 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 please, (laughs) And crying. A little bit crying. For sure crying. Profusely crying. Yeah. (laughs) And she goes, little one, you're in for a world of pain. And a world of horrors that you cannot comprehend. But just stay here for now. I will be taking care of your friends if they come looking for you here, too. And then she turns and you see her go up that ladder again. My God. Okay. Okay. This is... Okay. Is there... Do I see anything in the room that's like... Uh, like the, I don't know, like the edge of a table. Anything that's like mildly sharp. It looks like, as your eyes continue to adjust here, it looks like... Um, like a glass vase or anything. I don't know. It looks like this is... Some sort of weird grow room of, or some sort, probably for the Black Lotus. Okay. Uh, but there's tons of lights. 
there's this weird little blue lights that are coming off the walls. Okay, I'm going to squirm towards the light if I can. Even if just, like, fall on my side and just squirm over, I guess. Okay. So that's what you do, and you slither, if you will. I know. I was like, what, too? <laughs> you, you take a closer look at these lights, and you see that it's some sort of, like, mushroom or fungus of some sort. Under the lights? No, that that's where the light is coming from. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh... You figure that it's some sort of bioluminescent fungus that is down here. Uh, that must be helping to grow these black lotuses, black loti. Okay, and it's near the shrine. Now I'm near the shrine too, right? With the little statue. Yes, that's right. There's a there is a shrine in there. Um, it has a it's a small block of concrete, and it has a statue on it with a you know an arc, and it has little tiny coins hanging on strings and stuff around it, and beads. Okay. Um. Can I, I'm going to try and turn around and then, like, rub my hands against the, the cinder block. See if I could scrape up the ties. So, like, fray the fray the rope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a listen roll, Heather. Okay. 21. Mm, I have 50. So that's a hard pass. That's a hard Sweet. pass. Oh, I could check it, too. Check, check it. Okay, so Detective Thompson and Walter, you pull into a small parking lot of this uh, uh, flower shop. If I may, uh, mm-hmm. on the way there, um, I do have a couple more questions for Walter. Oh, go for it. Um, you mentioned you didn't trust your uh, colleagues, uh, these this Magus Five, or some of them. Uh, why is that? Brightly and Freeman. Uh, you sure you want to know all this? You know, the more uh, the more I tell you, if you find yourself in a position with, you know, your boss, like Lenny found himself in a position with his bosses, you know, they'll they'll know that you know all this stuff. And after that, I mean, you're kind of done for. You, you know where this is heading, right? Walter's like sweating bullets as you're asking him this. Wow. Thompson, you can see he's very nervous talking about this shit. I see that you believe that I'm in danger. Uh, maybe I am. Well, it's not not just you. I mean, I understand what I'm telling you. I mean, it's not... Uh, until it's too late, I don't really expect you to believe this. You know, it's just scribblings in a, in a copied page of 8.5 by 11. I don't think I can let this one go. It's all too weird. It goes a lot deeper than I know, and I have to find out. I can't help Lenny, or your friend Heather, or you, unless I know these things. Well put. Uh, well, I mean, Freeman, Brightly, Winklespect, they, uh... Uh, Winklespect? Oh, of course, uh, Thomas Winklespect. His name's Tom, gotcha. I jot it down. Just Tom, if you know him personally. Uh, but no, I, I'm sorry. I'm being a little too silly. That's not really the tone Walter would have taken, even though he might have still said those some of those things. Yeah, I mean, he tells them the names. Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I later came to find out that they uh, withheld certain bits of information. Um, 
Freeman, for example, when I gave him a sample of the uh, remainder of the toxin they injected Lenny with, which I believe was made up of this plant that you found. It's in some of the uh, copies of the pages I showed you. He did tell me about his encounter in the Poconos. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that, exactly. Um, the day he got hit by a car, he took an unusually large syringe from one of the guys that was chasing him, I guess. Uh, one of his bosses, I assume. I didn't quite catch their faces. There was a lot of people around and uh, a lot of commotion. But uh, he was worried, I think, and he had a shotgun with him, and he, he slid it under a car nearby him. So I, I kind of missed their interaction while I was trying to retrieve that. I see. Um, what do you remember about this person? You didn't get a good look, but anything that stood out? Well, I mean, I guess I did see them in the crowd, but that's the thing. I mean, there was a crowd there, and I, I, I couldn't really tell them apart from anybody else there. Uh, I was kind of facing away from them because I was, you know, kind of rooting under the car looking for that uh, shotgun. Uh, and how does this tie with the professors, uh, the, uh, the toxin? Somehow they had acquired the lotus that you took the clippings from. I don't know if it's the same one, but they had one of their own at least. Lenny mentioned this too. He speculated that if it was that rare or didn't exist, how was it that there were two in as close proximity in such a short period of time if it wasn't the same one? I'd say it might likely be the one, but I'm trying to figure out how that makes sense. That's been a concern of mine. I mean, if it is the same one, I don't know how these two groups are connected, but if it is the same one, it means that these professors had the Black Lotus at some point, and if it is the same one, then gave it to Lenny's bosses. Uh, I haven't been able to piece that part together. I guess Brightly and the professors didn't tell you what they did with theirs? Not only that, but Freeman, the biology head at the biochem division at the university, he pretended that he didn't know about it at all when he and Winklespect and Brightly had all used the Black Lotus to perform some kind of ritual. And you had proof of this? Well, the fifth member of this group of professors and myself, she was excluded from said ritual and as a result was a bit, uh, not spiteful, but she was bitter that she was left out. Gotcha. And in that bitterness revealed that they had, well, Freeman certainly had lied to me, and Brightly, no doubt, as well. I'm hoping for the best with Winklespect, but uh, the other two certainly played me dirty. And the name of this other female professor? Dr. Raquel McLeod, uh, a very uh, learned and uh, stern, but, well, a uh, very interesting uh, gal. You trust her, um, her word over the others? I guess she's been more open with you then. It sure seems like it. Uh, I mean, I I definitely trust her more than the others. I thought that uh, the other professor of mathematics, uh, you know, Tom, I, he seemed pretty on the level, but uh, it's hard to say with him. He honestly had no reason to tell me much more, even though I did kind of check in with him. Brightly could have easily asked him to keep his mouth shut. It's hard to say with him, but... Now, this group of professors, they do they commonly do rituals with uh, dangerous hallucinogens? 
Is that what this group is all about? I don't think it's quite like that, but long story short, Brightly, who is in charge of this, knows about these snake people, the Ophidians. That name hasn't stood out. I'm sure it'll come up again. Uh, he also knows about the Ophidians, and from what he says, is looking to put an end to all of them. I don't know if he's capable of that, honestly, but he's definitely lying about something to me, which means that I can't fully assess the threat we're all under, but I feel like it's pretty real. Thompson, how are you feeling about this crazy theories that Walter's throwing out there to you? You believe in any of it? He takes all the evidence uh, without, you know, he tries to be as non-biased. He doesn't think that there's snake people running around, but he does think that there's a group of people that, you know, are using, I guess, imagery and, you know, some kind of cult or something involved with snakes. So he just thinks it's, they're calling them snake people, but it's just like a group of crazies, you know? Okay. um, But, you know, he's just taking down the info, and at the moment, snake people, they're all humans to him in his mind. I see. Not literal snake people. No, but there is something weird going on with, uh, you know, body snatcher type pod folks. So I don't know if they're using this stuff to brainwash people or what, but. There is one more thing. What's that? Couldn't show it to you while you're driving, but uh, if you want to pull over somewhere, I took some notes of a more personal matter when they injected Lenny with um, whatever kind of toxin or truth serum. Uh, there are some more specific notes uh, that kind of seem like ramblings. Pull off the highway at a gas station. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll make a stop. You can show me. Uh, I mean, they kind of seem like ramblings at the time, but maybe there's something in there that'll be of any use. Uh, maybe something that would corroborate any theories you might have. I don't know. What What's in these notes? You know, when Lenny and Walter were driving around, or I don't, I mean, they might not have been in driving because he wrote down some detailed notes about everything you said. Uh, so, I mean, there would have been like quotes if anything sounded specifically notable or anything like that. But, you know, Lenny's word per word, more or less, on, mm-hmm. you know, his recount of the hallucinogens and its effects and everything that he told to Skinny Joey specifically. He forgets most of that conversation. He got lucky and remembered the flower, but he got he got mind effed, and Joey removed that part. Oh, at least that meeting. I guess I do remember from some of the the trip. I did give up a bunch of info then, didn't I? Yeah, when you spilled the beans, right. when he shot you with that big ass needle. Specifically, if there's anything in there that helps Thompson's case, gotcha. that's why I kind of wanted to show it to him. I don't, I don't know if there is anything in that. You still have the needle. Uh, no, that was what I gave to Freeman, the other of the uh, two professors that uh, kind of betrayed me. And he still has it. Uh, he had it last. He shrugs. I couldn't speak to where it is now. If you get a moment or if you think about it, ask him for it. Hopefully it hasn't been handled too much, but maybe there's uh, some evidence left behind. You know, actually, Walter kind of looks a bit more positive when he kind of gets this idea. I had hoped to confront Brightly about it. Uh, perhaps you might give me some pointers as an actual detective. He pages to a, a fresh entry. I'm not sure what you're looking for exactly. Uh, just try not to take the law into your own hands. 
he kind of sizes himself up. He's like, I mean, I'm not exactly going to get to brawling with him. <laughs> well, but, uh, uh, you were friends with Lenny, so I'm not really sure how to pin you down. I'm not, uh, I don't know, your record looks clean there, Walter. Well, I'll put it to you this way. There's some dangerous things about, uh, and a lot of it's connected. And unfortunately, I can't put it all together, but this Brightly guy... He, he knows something about this Flowers by Yuki gal. I don't know what the connection is, but they must have had some kind of dealings. Uh, so they're connected as well, and it's not just the flower. So it all comes back to this woman, which is what kind of worried me. Walter, not Walter, uh, Lenny mentioned this, this place to me as well. I think uh, more specifically... And I don't really have a bunch of evidence to back this up, but I think this Yuki had some part in the death of Raymond Tooley. I don't know if that's your investigation, but being a homicide detective, you may be interested in that tidbit as well. What makes you think it was her? Something, uh, when I was discussing it with that Rachel McLeod lady, uh, professor, she and Raymond Tooley were good friends, and uh, she also believes that uh, Brightly may have had a more direct uh, knowledge or perhaps uh, some thoughts. I hate to implicate her. She's been the only person I can really rely on, but I'm running out of options here, Luke, and uh, I'm not afraid to admit that uh, I'm more than just a little worried. Um, well, I'll hang on to these notes, I guess. Uh, might come in handy. Uh, let's, um, yeah, let's get over to that flower place. Oh, actually. Was there anything useful in, uh, those notes, uh, from Lenny? Did he kind of, uh, say anything to Skinny Joey that would be relevant to Luke in his investigation? That part of your memory is kind of hazed over. You don't remember exactly everything that you told him. Gotcha. Okay. Just in case it helps. Um, but he did mention, I guess, shooting uh, Jimmy the Skiff in the back. He did also tell that to, maybe alluded to it, to Luke as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So if that's in the notes, if he told you about the other guy getting shot. Yeah, that's definitely in the notes. Some of this could come in handy. Just see how deep it all goes, if it all is connected after all. Otherwise, it's ramblings of a madman at this point. Do you uh, want to keep those, or should I keep those, the copied papers uh, with the notes? Maybe I should hang on to them. If you are worried that somebody's going to make me spill the beans, if you will, then it might be better if you don't have them, so no one will come looking for you. These do implicate some powerful people. Well, that part, I mean, there's no hiding that in particular. I mean, these books that these Xerox pages come from are uh, relics almost. I mean, they were published or written back in the 1600s. I was talking about the Lenny notes. Oh, oh, uh, that I don't have a Xerox copy of. That's my personal uh, booklet. He says, but... Uh, Might be better if you don't have these. If somebody's trying to hide this, it's in your personal book. I take a knife out of my pocket and hand it to him. Might be able to remove those pages. As far as the other stuff, well, if you don't want to give up those books, I can't see why anyone would want them, but if you Wait, say they're involved... what pages are you removing now? Basically, Lenny's confession, or not confession, but I mean, you know, is... Oh, wait, is it in your handwriting, though? It's not Lenny had written it? 
No, no, no. Yeah, they're they're my notes. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it then. Maybe uh, I'll read them again sometime. Copy them if I need them. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd uh, certainly have access to them. If they get to any one of us and they're able to make us tell the truth that easily, then nobody's really safe. Not me, not you. Not me. Come save me. Stop talking yeah. at the side of a fucking road. We can talk about it all together when you guys save me. I from had to get a Slurpee. God. Maybe a little smoke break, a little thing, and maybe get a cup of coffee. Oh, stop. Let me, I might have to pee. Let me go. We Slurpee. are right down the road. <laughs> I believe it shit. is right up here. <laughs> I'm hey, freaking dying you know. here. <laughs> You're not gonna die. Say the fucking words. <laughs> oh man! All right, you're still in some dirt room, room with dirt walls on it. There, Heather, mm-hmm. uh, and you start trying to use the uh, corner of the stone altar to start trying to fray the ropes on your hands. Yes. Uh, as you're doing that, you hear. Oh, you, you gave that listen roll. That's right. As you're doing that, you hear creaking of some sort from upstairs. And Walter and Detective Thompson, you guys get to Flowers by Yuki. You don't see the car there, but you do see a light on. And you see a, a small woman. Uh, looks like she's tending to flowers. We're across the street. Pull up and stop. We're kind of... I just start watching from afar, not really thinking that Walter... I mean, I know he's in the car with me, but I'm just kind of doing one of my normal things, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, sneaky watching people cop. Walter, like, uh, tugs uh, whatever your sleeve... What are, you, what are you wearing there? You got, like, a long sleeve or a short sleeve? Yeah, he's got an overcoat over his, uh, over his like, crummy, ill-fitting suit. <laughs> well, then in that case, he kind of tugs you at about the elbow a little bit. He says, listen, you know, I'm not going to get in your way. I know this is what you do. But whatever you're thinking, we cannot trust her. I don't trust anybody, Walter. <laughs> well, that may serve us well, then. Yes. So what do you guys do from there? You just sit in the car? Um, <laughs> so, well, for a moment, I watch from afar, and I see this chick watering her flowers and whatnot inside. Mm-hmm. Inside? Yeah, I guess so. It's winter. Inside. Yeah, there's windows there so you can see in and see the the display of flowers. Um, I don't see your car, Walter. Everything looks normal here. Hopefully that's a good thing. He kind of shrugs. I suppose uh, you can't do a check nearby to see if there were any accidents with a, with a Pinto, could you? I was thinking about making a phone call. If it's necessary. If you want to, uh, well, I guess you can come with me. You can stay here and watch if you'd like. Uh, let's circle around back to the gas station. I'll make a quick call. How far was the gas station? The same gas station that you were at before? No, well, the closest, whatever. Somewhere <laughs> I might station, get out There's to. a gas station, like, a minute away. A phone booth or something. Uh, then I leave, the, I leave my car where it's parked. I tell him to stay and watch. Lenny would and never, I... ever go back to a gas station. He would have got his shotgun <laughs> out of his jacket and shot straight through that window and saved me. I have no jurisdiction here. <laughs> what do you think? I'm some vigilante cop? You're a cop that's halfway in the mob. I'm, but I'm beaten down and, and ruined. 
Yeah, I got no, I got no umph anymore. <laughs> Maybe when I was a young upstart. All right, so you go um, back, you you make a call to yeah. Where? So I leave, I leave Walter to watch from the car where I had it parked, and I walk to the payphone. Um, I will make a call to my precinct, I guess. Um, Okay, so I thought you were driving there, but since you're walking there and leaving Walter in the car, it's mm-hmm. going to take about five minutes to there and back. That's fine. Okay. Uh, basically, I want to, I want to know if anyone sees the car, like a APB on his yeah. vehicle Do a license plate. Um, but I also I say it's last known whereabouts where this town, Delaware. Mm-hmm. So I guess they would have to fax that on over or something at some point, but. Right. Uh, so it might still take a while, and they might not even see it. But that's all I can really do for now. So while you're over there doing that, I'll tell him to page me. Walter, you're in the car, and you see this small woman watering plants at the front of the store. You know the display window ones. And she comes up, and she kind of locks eyes with you for a second. Um, man. Okay. How uh, how far away would you say? The car is from the store. We didn't get like two up and on it, did we? It's across the street, at least. It's a very, it's a very small parking lot. Is there a street that it faces? I would have been across it if possible. Okay. Yeah, it faces a street, but yeah, okay. So you're across the street, but still, Walter, you see this woman kind of lock eyes with you. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I don't try to really keep her attention, if nothing else. I mean, I try to just play it off and not really even, uh, you know, like normally he would not at least, but he doesn't really with her. You see the front door of the flower shop open up and you see this little woman come out. You can see her in the streetlights. She kind of trots on over, you know, like not a, not a run, like a slight jog over to the car and she knocks on the window and you hear her through the window. She goes, excuse me, you can't park here. You'll get towed. Oh, uh, th- th- thank you. Gosh. Uh, he looks at his uh, wristwatch. Says, yeah, good point. Uh, he nods to her and smiles. Nod and smile at her. And she goes, just in case, though, he is sitting in the passenger side. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you are. You're sitting yeah. in the passenger side. She goes, well, I don't see how you'll be able to move it. Being that you're not in the driver's seat. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, moving along shortly. Thanks. Kind of looks a little, I guess, not exactly weirded out, but I mean, he, he, he might be thinking it's a little overly concerned. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, n- no worries. I think we'll be, I'll be fine. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, okay, just make sure you move it soon. And she leaves and goes back into the flower shop hmm creepy very creepy uh yeah i don't know um he looks around uh he's like uh, damn it thompson where are you and uh does he see him like you know down the street in the direction that he left uh at that time uh you wait a few more minutes in there you do see him come down the street you know back from where he had come looking for that payphone Okay. Um, you know, I just, uh, what do you say? It's kind of late. It's still kind of cold, right? 
Yeah, it's definitely cold. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, like when you sit in the car and you're talking a lot in the cold, you know, like how the windows start to fog up yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, Similarly, in a flower store, particularly if they have tropical plants, it would need oh, yeah. to be pretty warm in there, too. So mm-hmm. their windows might even get some condensation on the inside from the temperature difference, okay. depending on the glass. I mean, it's that flower store knowledge. Well, you see her, you see her wiping down the glass uh, with a squeegee. Yeah, that makes sense. Ah, the wave of the future. <laughs> yeah she's definitely uh energy efficient silly um yeah i don't know i mean he would probably be pretty off put maybe a little nervous by that all right so you see thompson come back thompson you come back to the car okay uh, unlock the door and get in okay say so she uh she move at all do anything weird you see your friend in there uh, no, I didn't see my friend, but she, uh, I assume it's Yuki. Uh, some lady came out and, uh, told me I couldn't park here because, you know, the, uh, car would get towed. Seemed a little weird, but, hmm, she seemed overly concerned, perhaps. Hmm, she came all the way out here across the street? Yeah. I'd look over at the store, see what she's doing right now while he's talking. You see her still just kind of watering flowers. She, you see her, you know, squeegeeing the front window. Yeah, seemed kind of weird, but she noticed I was in the uh, passenger seat, so couldn't exactly play it off as if I was alone. I start the car and pull away. Okay. That lady gives me the creeps. Where, where do you go? Somewhere out of sight, uh, like around a corner, something like that. Uh, maybe even around like two corners. Okay. Uh, so we might have to go. Uh, I mean, there's really not much we can do. If your friend's not there, I could wait to see if anyone finds your car. But uh, for now, we can stay and watch and see if she does anything strange. Get close and see if we can hear anything. But uh, we might be better off on foot. All right. So you guys park the car around the corner and you walk a decent, a half decent walk. I leave my pager. Um, and my note, uh, and my notebook and the page is kind of like sitting on an open page. It's on my driver's seat and underneath the pager, it says flowers by Yuki. Okay. And so in case anything did happen and, you know, law enforcement found my vehicle mm-hmm. and I don't want my pager going off while I'm getting sneaky. Right. <laughs> so when you guys come back around on foot, you see the lights are off. Hmm. Okay. What's, um. What's around the flower shop on that side of the street? Uh, so the flower shop is actually part of like a small, almost like a strip mall. But there's a radiology clinic in one corner. Uh, there's a fitness center on the other corner. And then you see that there is uh, Flowers by Yuki in the middle. And there's a small parking lot there. It faces towards a street. Okay, so it's a uh... fairly busy street street parking lot then row of buildings mm-hmm. um, and then what's uh, on the either like the right or left of the small shopping center okay so to the left of the small shopping center is a furniture store that kind of stands alone there's an alleyway between them okay to the right of it is residencies okay is there is it run right into the residences or is there another street or another alley well there's another side? alley there Okay. Word. Um, I say, uh, 
let's keep an eye. The lights are off. Um, so make to get a little closer. Maybe try to come around back. If it looks like she left. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is there a car pulling away or anything? You didn't see a car in the parking lot before. No. There weren't any cars parked on your on the side of the street where you were, um, because it was a towway zone. Mm -hmm. Two questions for you, George. Uh, mm -hmm. How old is the building and how large? Does it look like it could be lived in or uh, is it like a warehouse kind of thing? It doesn't look like it could be lived in. It looks like it's one floor and maybe stretches back a little bit. It has two doors on it and three big display windows. Okay. And more specifically too, I know Walter wouldn't know this, but relative to our conversation about generations and doing this for a while... Does the building itself look old, or does it look like more modern and contemporary? A bit more modern. It's a strip mall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in case, um, yeah, I wasn't sure if it's nestled in there. Um, maybe we should cross the street and try to come around from the back. If, if she doesn't live there, and there was no cars in the lot, she probably lives nearby. One of these first few houses. Um, and if she already saw you, she might be looking for us. So let's, uh, let's not walk past the front of the houses at least. Or at least make sure nobody's coming down the alley behind them. Okay. So what do you guys go? There's, this street looks pretty clear right now. Uh, he holds up a finger and he's like, uh, I got an idea. And instead of wearing his scarf around his neck and tucked into his jacket, he pulls it out and wraps it around his face a few times and uh, tucks it back into his, you know, collar area just to kind of... Hide your face a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tuck his hat down a little bit. Pull his hat down a little bit, I mean, rather. I mean, she'd probably still recognize me if she was paying attention to my clothes, but... I don't know. Well, it is nighttime. Yeah. So you bundle up your face and where do you guys go? You go to the one alleyway? Yeah, I want to see, uh, like... Not going toward the building, but crossing the street and trying to get behind the, the residences that are on the right side of the stores. Okay. To see if she's walking through the alley, leaving her store maybe from the back. You don't see anyone around when you go back there. Okay. I'm going to make my way closer to the store through the alleyway. All right. Trying to pay attention to houses and back doors and lights that are on. See if I see anyone that fits the Yuki description. Mm -hmm. I don't ask, but is uh, Detective Thompson pulling a gun? No, he doesn't have a piece in his hand. Just curious. There's a bunch of row homes there, so it's not like individual homes standing by themselves. Yeah, and I'm I'm making my way through the back if I can. Is it, okay. Is it, like, does the alley go all the way through to the alley that's behind the stores? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, then I'm heading toward the stores behind the houses. Okay. All right, from behind the houses, uh, it's 1030s. You still see, I mean, it's probably like a little closer to 11 by now. But you see the lights, you see several lights up, you know, in the row homes. But mostly in the upper floors, you're guessing it's a bedroom. But you see a couple of them, you know, lit up. I'm not peeping, just walking by places, just keeping an eye on anywhere. Right. She might have, if she went in the back door anywhere. Uh, I kind of give Thompson a description of the gal. Uh, say, you know, she was kind of small, I guess. Maybe 60. I don't see anybody around, let alone her, but keep an eye out. Hopefully, uh, 
we don't have too much to worry about if she is a little old woman. Hmm. If it helps identify her. Um, I hope your friend wasn't overpowered by her or anything. I attempt to crack a smile. All right, so you sneak around back of the flower shop, I'm guessing? Heather can handle herself. Against an old lady, I'd, I'd assume. <laughs> so we start, <laughs> we start walking past the back. Still don't see his car anywhere. Are you being stealthy about it? As we get closer to the stores, yeah, I don't want to make too much noise, and I, I want to, I'm gonna, you know, keep a keep a close listen. And I'm gonna need stealth rolls from both of you then. Be as quiet as you can, Walter. I was gonna say Walter does his best to follow Luke's lead. Uh, just stay I back. Know, a bit. Should I be saying Thompson or Luke? I don't know. Uh, what's, what's Thompson's fine. <laughs> Thompson, okay. I'm used to it. Ooh, 61 ain't that stealthy. I rolled a one. I rolled, rolled a three. I swear. I swear. You want to see? I don't know if you'll be able to see. Do you see? Where are my dice? <laughs> I can't see it, but I believe you, Chuck. <laughs> you move like the wind, like a cat. I am the knight. You make it all the way to the back door of the flower shop with no problem. Walter, you kind of, uh, it's dark out in the back alleyway there. And we're going to say you trip over a uh, crushed Pepsi can, uh, thanks to the Pepsi generation there. Uh, You kind of trip over it and you just hear, he kind of tries to stomp on it and just hold still at that point. Oops. And I kind of motion for him to hang back. Make it go around your shoe so that you could clank the whole way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so he he gives you the signal to hold back, Walter, do you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, if there's maybe, I don't know, there any, like, sometimes they have, like, stone fences or, like, uh, places or anything I could sit for a minute. No, I mean, there's fences you can lean up against, but nothing you can really sit on. Uh, might as well. I'll just kind of hang back and lean against the fence for a second. Okay. All right. So, Thompson, what are you doing? What do I hear from against this door as I cling to it like a shadow? Give me a listen roll. Uh-oh. Oh, not very good. Basic. 66 will not do it. Okay, so, Heather, um, you hear the latch open from above, and you hear Yuki's voice call down and say, Well, I guess I'm closing up for the night. Have a good time down there in the cellar. And uh, you hear the door close. Cold as ice. That's what I say. All right, so you say... And, uh, Heather, you hear her go up the... You hear her go up the ladder and then close the latch and you hear uh, some creaking very faintly. You hear a bing bong. Okay, like someone leaving like the... Yeah. Okay. Do I hear like a door lock or anything? So I know she's gone? Probably can't hear something that... Okay. I mean, it was... From where you are. It was a hard listen pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay. Was that the same bing bong that it made when she walked in the store? That's what she recognizes it as. Yeah. 
I'm glad I'm out back. Okay, so I, because uh, I'm not sure whether it is someone, her leaving, or someone coming mm-hmm. in, I just, um, like, flail around to knock some stuff off the shrine. So if it's someone coming in, okay. they hear me. If it's her leaving, she's already gone. Mm-hmm. All right, so you thrash around. Uh, you knock yeah. over uh, some of the stones that were surrounding the uh, the statue of this snake of some sort um, and it knocks onto the floor and you don't hear anything. Okay. I'm probably just going to do that for a little bit. If I don't hear her walking back in, walking down the ladder, just like trying to get any attention, but I don't want to knock the stone. It doesn't matter if I knock the stone over. Okay. So you're just trying, you're just thrash. You're just trying to like scream and yeah. trying to get attention from anyone right now. All right. Uh, Thompson, you failed your listen roll. Yeah, but I do, I wait, I keep on listening. Is that a push? That would be a push. That stinks. Um, so I don't want to push it. I just want to be patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm also going to keep sawing away at my arms to get free, but maybe like kicking my legs or whatever. Okay. After not hearing anything the first time, I wave Walter over. And I say, uh, I say, Walter, hang here. Keep an ear on this door. I'm going to take a look around a little more. Walter, give me a listen roll. Perfect way to sidestep the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Ooh, a 26. I'm pretty sure that's within his... That would have been a fail for me. Sweet. 31. Listen, yeah, that's a pass. Pass. All right. So... <laughs> Walter, do you hear faintly something that sounds like muffled shouting coming from inside the store? He gets closer. You see him put his ear to the door. He's like, I hear something. Mm -hmm. And you continue to hear that. And then you hear something sound like it hits the hits. No, it wouldn't make a sound if it hit the floor, really, but because it's dirt. But um, anyway, you you do hear a lot of muffled screaming. Uh, And I relay that. It it sounds like, I, I don't know. Somebody struggling? Maybe yelling? I'll kick the stones around that fell. Whatever I can move, the stones. I don't know. I don't know. Just do it. Okay. So, Heather, give me an intelligence roll, real quick. Here, Walter kind of cups his hands around his mouth. 26. Heather! Hard pass. (laughs) Wait, hard pass. That's a hard pass? I have 85. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, that's a hard pass. All right. So, what you do is grab one of these stones that you knocked over, and you put it into your hands that are tied around your back, and you just start slamming the stone against the concrete as hard as you can, making a loud knocking sound. And, Walter, you start to hear some knocking coming from in there, along with the muffled screaming. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely hear something. Sounds like doo wah diddy. (laughs) <laughs> that was Diddy Dumb. Diddy do. Diddy do. Shit. <laughs> Jinx. And, uh, a little louder. He's like, Heather, Heather. Do I? Do I hear like, it? Uh, you can't hear uh, that now. Not where you are. I say. I say, Walter, keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I'm looking around, do I see any evidence that there is a security system on this building? You do not actually. Huh. All right. That back door that he's whispering like into, um, 
Does it look like there's a keyhole that can be accessed? Oh, absolutely there is. This back door is, it's flat. It has one of those uh, uh, looped handles on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a keyhole in that looped handle. But the whole door is metal. Say, stand back, Walter. He does. What what did you hear? It sounded like struggling, maybe. Do I hear it still? Somebody uh, trying to yell, tapping on something, kicking something? Now that he points it out. (laughs) You can also hear some knocking. I lightly knock on the door. Okay, you knock on the door? A little louder, maybe. Okay, so Heather, this is what your listen roll got you. Okay. The one that you passed, I don't know, an hour ago? Yeah. <laughs> Game time works differently. Um, and you start to hear a knock from upstairs. Okay. I just start going berserk with the muffled yelling and freaking out. You start to hear muffled yelling as well there, Thompson. And uh, it's getting louder. I say, stand back, Walter. Um, just keep an eye out. And I try to lockpick the door. All right, you got that lockpick skill. Roll it up. Pull out my tools, my thieves' tools. Oh wait. Do you do you have do you have thieves' tools or anything on your possessions list? I would imagine I would carry them. Um, it would make sense if you have the lockpicking. It's not a treasured possession. No, you know what? <laughs> Write down that you have a lockpick. It would make sense for him to have one. Yeah, all I got is pager and a car. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it makes it right down that he has you know a lockpicking set. Yeah, you're the one that gave him lockpicking. Yep. I put a lot in locksmith. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until right now. Wow. How many points? 40. Damn, that's awesome. You can almost teach that shit. Looks like you failed it by it, but how much? Enough to spend 20 luck to fix. <gasps> or you can push the roll. <sighs> push it. <laughs> spend it. Spend that shit. Get me out of here. Yeah, but then I can't spend luck if I... And you know what? I got That's what it. That's I'm saying. Sp- oh. I feel like this is important. He's starting Else big. we're going to lose another original character. Mm-hmm. No. So with my 65 uh, for a 45 locksmith, I do have to spend, in fact, 20 points. However, Oof. is it episode 48? 47. Damn it. It means we roll <laughs> next episode. Yep. Uh, but that's fine. It leaves me with a whopping 15. Uh, so I pass. All right. So Thank you. mark that box off. And Heather, you hear, you hear uh, Kachunk from upstairs. Okay. I was freaking out. Just, they gotta be able to hear me more if they're inside now. Right. You hear it louder now, this muffled oh, screaming oh, and this tapping. Oh. Um, Crying. <laughs> I assume I have a flashlight. Yeah. Take it out. Keep it low. But try to find my way through this dark building. I say, uh, Walter, just just stay outside. Make sure no one comes up behind us or something. Uh, make some noise. Yeah, he looks unsure. He says, outside? Don't you want me to be inside? Uh... It's probably better if you don't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Of course. And, uh, yeah, it takes a few steps back. Tries to look discreet, I guess. So I try to follow the, the, the noises. All right. So you follow the noises back to, uh, there's a basement door, it looks like. And I pull my taser out as well. I got that in my other hand. All right. Um, when I open the door, 
It's very slowly. Shine the light in. Slowly open the door, shine the light in. And you see it leads down to a basement. As you're going down into the basement, you hear this banging get even louder and louder. Um, but the basement doesn't look like it has anything lower than it. Mm. Give me a spot hidden. I'm Detective Thompson. In the dark here. And it, I am getting closer to the banging, though. It still sounds like it's below me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Below me. Now 11, that'll do it. That is, right. ooh, that is extreme. That's what I needed for extreme yes. out of 55. All right, so you see one of the tiles that are down here. Looks like it has a little metal bump on it. The dust was disturbed around it. That's what caught my eye. And uh, it has this little metal bump on it. And it looks like it actually lands between two tiles. And upon closer inspection, it looks like it's a little lever. Okay. Um, I try to be quick about it, but I get over there and open it up, shine the light in. All right. You open up that thing, and as loud as now, louder than ever, you you hear the screaming. But it sounds like it's still muffled. Ah, 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 and banging on rock against rock. I say, calm down. I'm I'm police. And I kind of like peek my head in in the hole before climbing down. Make sure, you know. All right. So you see that this leads to a dirt area it, lo- it looks like a hole was just dug down into the basement floor here mm-hmm. uh, but there's a ladder that leads down too we got another buffalo bill on our hands I know. gary heineck <laughs> she a big old fat person <laughs> i've been seen her <laughs> um <laughs> uh so i climb down and I, I find heather i guess i uh quickly try to Untie your hands, I guess, or finish cutting them something. Finish cutting the rope. When you go down there, Detective Thompson, you see this weird glowing blue light coming from all of the walls. Um, looks like these strange little mushrooms or something. This weird drug cult. And around you... LSD cult. Yeah. Since you have that extreme past, you can see a lot of those flowers that you saw in Skinny Joey's office that you stole. No. Interesting. They're, like, growing all over the oh, walls here. A, no wonder we can't trust her. I cut her hands free, and uh, I assume she can ungag herself. I say, keep it down. Your friend Walter's out back. Make your way upstairs. I'll be right behind you. Walter, give me another listen roll. Ooh, what did, uh, what did I get last time? 26. Got a 27 this time. Oh, wow. Nice. All right, Walter. Or 21, maybe. Yeah, but no, this is 27 this time. Still passing. Sweet. Walter, you hear some footsteps approaching from the side alleyway. Hmm. The door to the flower store is closed, right? It is closed. Are there any windows on it or anything? Not for the back. Any peephole or anything? No, it's just a solid metal door. All right. Um, well... Hmm, he doesn't really have anything to play it cool. Well, as you're standing there, you see a little female figure come around the corner from the alleyway. I was thinking I might actually start walking before that. Uh, try to. Well, you were thinking, while you were thinking, this is what was happening. Oh, okay, she's too quick for me. You, you were too slow on the draw. Still, it would be as far as a whole other store. Yeah, you, you have a big space between you. Okay. But she's a ninja, so you're fucked. 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, she might see me walking then, I guess, uh... You hear her say, Oh, did you find a spot to park your car? <laughs> He's got, he wrapped his face up. She recognized me that, that certainly. He was sitting in the passenger side. She got a good look at him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants to get towed. Uh, that'd just be silly, especially on a night like tonight. And uh, he continues walking, tries to play it off as if he's just taking a little stroll. Okay. And then you hear those footsteps get faster behind you, Walter. Hmm. All right. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Oh, oh no. Oh, man. Is she wearing ninja gear when he turns it? Does he see her in full ninja garb? I bet. <laughs> the Black Lotus Ninjas, last of an ancient lineage. <laughs> This is a snake. All right, so a lot of info drops and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. man, jeez. Luke shows up to save the day. I know she was hoping it was Lenny. (laughs) But Luke shows up to save the day. Anybody say that? I'm just saying. The pit stops actually almost killed me. (laughs) It was a bit much. I have... He's got a lot to catch up on. And if nothing else, it's kind of... It serves to help with a little bit of a refresher for for a lot of info. You guys are showing each other (laughs) pictures of your fucking kids. I'm trying to pretend I'm a police officer, okay? (laughs) They take their time. In real life, it's taking however long the episode did. But in game, I mean, it's much, much shorter. Yeah, I mean, he did say there was some traffic on the way down to... (laughs) To Delaware, That's so right, we yeah. had time to chat, and I still have questions about why he mentioned that you weren't having a good time at home. Something about trouble at your apartment? What's that all about? <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. Book slam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making notes. I got. Oh, you know. <laughs> I think it's because I, I think it's because I gave Detective Thompson shit back in the day. Yeah, now you're on my shit list. He's like, let her die. All right, well. <laughs> I <laughs> just want to to thank everyone for listening. Thanks especially to our Patreon supporters. Thanks, uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, for the Patreon supporters, we have bonus content up now where we play Honey Heist. Uh, check that <laughs> out. It's a ridiculous It was time. a lot of fun. It was quite silly. <laughs> it was so fun. Right, and remember, everyone, until next time, that sanity is overrated. Bye. Much I hate Randy Newman. Oh, he's terrible. Fucking annoying. Short people. Uh, Also, what an awful song. What an awful song. Short people got no reason to live. Yeah. Damn. It's pretty bad. Even though I do love that, not his song, which, but I know it's also terrible. The one that's like, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I love that song. On my personal point of view, get we might know somebody that quotes that. <laughs>